0: tabernacles. So I went back in Deuteronomy, where it was instituted by Moses. You shall celebrate the feast of the booths for seven days, when you have gathered in from your threshing floor and your wine vat. And you shall rejoice in the feast, you, your son, your daughter, your male and female slaves, and the Levite, and the stranger, the orphan, and the widow, who are in your towns. For seven days you shall celebrate a feast, to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all you produce and in all the work of your hands, so you will be altogether joyful." So this is out of Deuteronomy. This is also called the Feast of the Tabernacles, as well as the Feast of the Booths. When does that occur? What month? Because this allows you to figure out where we are time wise with Christ in his ministry. You got a 1 in 12 chance of getting this one right. Around Easter time? No? That, that would be this. For, I'll narrow it down. It's in the fall. October. Huh? October. October. Did you look that up? No, that's when your birthday is this. Okay. It is. It's October. And um, what's it about? Yeah, it's about the produce. It's about the harvest. It's about how God has blessed you as far as the the, the, uh, Jews and brought you produce. And all the food you have and 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 everything you have that you need to sustain yourself at the end of the harvest. The end of the harvest is in the fall. So it makes sense it's in October. Who's to be included? Yeah. And strangers. People who may be non-Jews. Everybody is included. This is unusual as far as the, the feasts that we have. Now, Passover, as, as, uh, as, as she alluded to, is in, in and around April. Okay. The Passover, this is coming up on Jesus' final Passover, and we're in October. So he's about six months from the end of his life on earth. That's the setting. For this particular one. For two and a half years, he's been working with the disciples. And you saw when I taught last, he, you could see his frustration that they really weren't coming along and understanding what he was talking about. They were still too earthly in how they thought about things. And they weren't spiritual in the way they thought about a lot of things. Now, this is kind of the compressed part of his life that we talk about in detail. We've got 12 more lessons on it, where it really talks about it from this time until his ascension, that it's a lot of detail what's going on. Also, in this particular one, the only one that talks about it, the four Gospels, with regards to what Christ is doing, is the, the Gospel of John, which we haven't looked at virtually at all in, the, in any of the study that we've had so far. So John goes into a lot of detail And there's hardly any detail at all in the other Gospels. They just kind of allude to it, but they really don't talk about it a lot. So a lot of what we'll be looking at this morning is out of the Gospel of John. So his brother's recommendations. He's in Galilee, and it's coming up with the Festival of the Booths or the the Feast of the Tabernacles. And everybody goes down to Jerusalem, if they can, for that big feast. So. After these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee, for he was unwilling to walk in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the feast of the Jews, the feast of the booths, was near. So his brother said to him, Move on from here and go into Judea so that your disciples also may see your works, which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself is striving to be known publicly. If you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. So why wouldn't he go back to Jerusalem at this point? Because they wanted to kill him. Okay, they were, they were trying to figure out how to kill him. It's been two and a half years. He's been to, he's been to Jerusalem, at least to two Passovers down there as a part of his ministry. And he's done things down there. And he's, he confronted the scribes and the Pharisees while he's been down there. And they're pretty pretty stirred up right now as far as Christ. So what, was it, what were the brothers trying to do? Was this encouragement or was this goading? Huh? Well, they said, do, go to Judea to, re, re, to reveal yourself in all that you do. But were they, were they doing it with the right motive or the wrong motive? We'll get to that in a minute. So what did they think, based on what they said, what did they think he came here for? Go there to show them the things you do. Is that what he came here for? Or was it more of the things you say? When he talked to Pilate, Pilate said, who are you? Do you remember what he said? I am the truth. He came here to be the light. He came here to spread the good news. He came here to fulfill prophecy. He came here to unite us and bring peace between us and God. He didn't come here to do a bunch of miracles. His brothers were looking at what he did, not why he came. See this one, not even his brothers believed him. So they're just sitting there going, hey, go on, go down there. That's, that's what his brothers were doing. So Jesus said to them, my time is not yet here, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it, that its deeds are evil. Go up to the feast yourselves. I am not going up to the feast because my time is not yet fully arrived. Now having said these things to them, he stayed in Galilee. So how genuine really were his brother's motives? They were goading. They didn't care whether he was going to be killed or not. Or they thought nobody can kill them. He can just do what he did up in Galilee. Remember what he did in Nazareth? He tried to throw him off the cliff. He just walked through the crowd. They they didn't even see him. Boy, there's a time delay this morning. What time is Jesus referring to? His death. death. Okay. That's interesting. What makes Passover the perfect time? I'm sorry? Everybody's yeah. going to be there for the Feast of the Tabernacles too. Yeah? Huh?
1: It goes all the way back to Egypt.
0: Yeah. You want to expand on that? You're right, but it goes all the way back to Egypt, but you want to expand on that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Death the happened if you didn't
0: That's right. You, you had you had the last you had the last um, plague. thank you. The last plague. The last plague was the lamb. The lamb that was sacrificed, the lamb that gave its blood, the lamb that gave its flesh. How many times have we seen so far where Christ says, you have to drink my blood and eat my flesh? And it goes back to that being the perfect time was that was a foreshadowing of what Christ was going to do. They were, the young firstborn children were redeemed by the Lamb. And now in Passover, when Christ goes there, all of mankind's going to be redeemed by the Lamb. That's what made it perfect. So, a lot of debt.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. so that was, that's the time. That's why the time was the perfect time, and that's why this wasn't the time. So, Jesus said he wasn't going, now he's going to go. And this is the, uh, but when his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he himself also went up, not publicly, but as though in secret. So why did he go in secret?
1: I don't want to answer that, but I have a question. Okay. It goes back to the beginning of the chapter. Why did his brothers not believe him? Because the mother and father knew about his birth, that it was...
0: Well, Mary knew about the birth. Joseph was told about the birth, so I believe he believed it. But, but the, Well, the, the kids may have looked at him to say, he's just the oldest son. And, yeah, and you see later on he comes around because I believe James and Jude are both brothers of, J- of uh, Christ. But it took a while. Okay, They didn't really believe it. They were not part of the disciples. They were not part of the group he picked because he was looking for people that could be discipled. And evidently his brothers at this point couldn't be discipled. Yeah, Clayton.
1: It talks about how a brother should be an adversary. It yep. even ties it to Psalms.
0: Yep. Yep. And that would be probably a song of David. Yeah. So why did he go in secret? That was my question. He doesn't want to trigger anything. Yeah, you don't. at this point, it's, it, he doesn't want to trigger anything. You're right. You think he went alone? He didn't go along. He went in secret, I think. He went in secret, but he didn't go along. How long do you think it's going to be a secret when he gets there? <laughs> nope, not very long. And then Luke, Luke goes into more detail as far as the trip. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. And they went ahead and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. And they did not receive him, because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. So, how did he travel from Galilee to Jerusalem? And why was that unusual? Travelling through Samaria. Usually they went around Samaria. Yep. All the Jews, when they traveled from the north end to, down to Judea and back, they went over into the east, around Samaria. And Christ is going to go right through Samaria. So who, who do we... Who was on, who does it give you an indication was with Jesus on his journey? Well, James and John. And if James and John was there, the other ten were there. They were just the ones that spoke out. What's their nickname? Sons of Thunder. It's hard to believe the book that John wrote about love, that he was one of the Sons of Thunder. But he was... He was out there. He was, "Ah, let's bring down fire. Let's burn them all up. Man. So why would the Samaritans say, oh, you're going to Jerusalem. Don't don't stay here. Why would they say that? Why would they do that? Like the Samaritans (laughs) that's true. They, did, they, did the Samaritans go to Jerusalem to worship? They worked in their own place. That goes back to Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Jeroboam was the one who took the north. Remember he set up so people wouldn't go worship in the south? And he set up in Dan and Bethel, his own golden calf that you could worship there instead of going down to the temple in Jerusalem. And that stuck. So there was that stigmatism. If you were going down to Jerusalem, you, you were part of us. So it's been about two and a half years. How well have those disciples grown? They haven't. They have Let's bring down fire and destroy them all. Christ was all about compassion. He's all about mercy. Not James and John. As they were going on the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Go. And Jesus said to him, "The foxes have holes, and the birds have, of the sky have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head." And he said to another, "Follow me." But he said, "Lord, permit me to go and bury my father." But he said to him, "Allow the dead to bury their allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God." Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at my home. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So the person who said, I will follow you, did they really understand what his destination was? Huh. He's going to the cross. And after that there was a lot of sacrifice that was going to be involved because you were going to be persecuted. So they really didn't understand it. Where do they think he was headed? Power. Control. An earthly kingdom. Yeah. I want to be part of the part of the man, a big man in charge. Come on. Okay, he had three responses to the assertion that someone would follow him. What's the essence of those responses? I'm sorry. Yeah, that denial, he says you're gonna do that, we'll talk about that in a later lesson, but this particular point They did not understand this was, this was sacrifice. This was, this was putting your life at risk every day to follow me. And they didn't understand that because they still, they still had the wrong view of what the destination was. The destination was an earthly kingdom. And his destination was a spiritual kingdom. And not being on the same page is gonna be a common theme when he's talking and the people are talking back to him. They are not even close to being on the same page. So, he's down in the temple. He's down in Jerusalem. And we're back in John. And we're pretty much going to stay in John. So the Jews were looking for him at the feast, saying, Where is he? And there was a great deal of talk about him in the secret among the crowd. Some were saying, He's a good man. Others were saying, No. On the contrary, he is misleading the people. However, no one was speaking openly about him for fear of the Jews, and I think fear of the Jews would be the Jewish leadership. So what was the expectation from the people? This is one of the big five feasts. They expected him to be there. So how valid was Jesus' concern about returning to Jerusalem? You can already see the division, can't you? One said, he's a good man. The other one said, no, no, he's a liar. He misleads the people. Kind of the division between the people who believed who he was or at least believed who he could be and the people who said, he's here to dislodge us out of our power, out of our control. But when the temple, but when it was now in the middle of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple area and began to teach. So this is a seven-day feast. And so we're day three, maybe day four. He shows up. The Jews then were astonished, saying, How has this man become learned, learned it, not having been educated? So Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not my own but his who sent me. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know about the teaching, whether it is of God or I am speaking from myself. The one who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, he is true, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So how did normally somebody get educated in this in the, particularly in the Jewish world. You got taught from, as some would say, knee-high to a grasshopper. As a young child, for years, you got taught by a Jewish teacher. Gamma Male was a Jewish teacher. Remember, he had a discussion with them when they said, we want to take, I think it was... Uh, Peter and, was it Peter and John? And they, they arrested him, and Gamaliel says, hey, don't go against them. If they're of God, we can't fight against it. If it's not of God, it'll go away. So he was a great teacher. Paul was at the feet of someone like Gamaliel as far as when he was educated. So they would know somebody who had been educated. Did Christ ever do that? No. Didn't need to. He already had. A knowledge of all that and what the father sent him to do. So so how long did it remain a secret?: as long as he Yeah, as long as he wanted to, and when he decided it wasn't going to be a secret anymore, he went to the temple.:
1: Be a wise guy, you got to remember, he knows that this has all been planned in advance, and he knows what the Father reveals to him. So he knows a lot of stuff already in advance.
0: Yeah, he knows. But it still doesn't mean it's risky. That's interesting. <laughs> That's going to be interesting this morning. So, what was the response of the Jews? You're going to have a lot of material for next week, Doug. Well, they they said. How in the world can he be so knowledgeable? Remember, Christ took scripture and then explained it. I think what the Jews normally did was they said, Okay, here's the here's the law. They'd read the law, and maybe they would read their interpretation of the law. Or maybe even the interpretation of the interpretation of the law. Yep. They did the same thing when he, when he was in Jerusalem, when he came down with his mom and dad and he stayed there and he discussed things in the temple. And mom and dad came back and says, how come he did this to us? And he says, don't you, need, don't you know I need to be about my father's business? So he, already, he knew what the scriptures were, why? The answer is in John one, in the beginning was the word. He knew the word of God because He is the word of God. So what's the essence of his response?
1: He's not doing
0: it on his own authority. Yeah. This this wasn't a matter of me being educated. This is a matter of me, me being sent to do what I'm doing. And what I'm telling you isn't from me. It's from the one who sent me. It's from the Father. There's a lag on this one, too. Did Moses not give you the law, and yet none of you carries out the law? Why are you seeking to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one deed, and you were all astonished. For this reason, Moses has given you circumcision. Not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And even on the Sabbath, you circumcise a man. If a man receives circumcision on a Sabbath, so the law of Moses will not be broken. Are you angry at me because I made an entire man well on the Sabbath? Do not judge by the outward appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So, so, what, the, what was Jesus' statement that they were trying to kill him directed to, and, and who answered? Who was he really directing the statement? You're trying to kill me. Who was that directed to? Well, yeah, they're all Jews. Pharisees. The Pharisees, the scribes, okay? But who answered? The crowd. Pharisees were probably kind of going, uh, we can't let him know, you know. It's like he doesn't know. He knows. He knows what you're trying to do. But the crowd had kind of answered. What was the deed Jesus did? He healed a man on his side. Okay. So why what's his reasoning that it's legal and it's proper to do what he did on the Sabbath? I saw my wife moving, my mouse her mouth moving, but she's not saying it loud enough. A circumcision is an act of work and it has to be done on a certain amount of time after a baby is born and if it falls on the Sabbath, they would go ahead and do it. So it was there's w- no difference, it difference. was seven or eight days, I believe, wasn't it? Anybody know? It was somewhere in that 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 time frame. So after that many days, even on the Sabbath, they performed a surgical procedure. Okay, that was required. They did that on the Sabbath. And he says, "You don't even follow the law of Moses, because if you're following what you're saying." you shouldn't be doing that on the Sabbath. But you do. So why are you criticizing me for healing someone on the Sabbath? He wasn't really talking to the crowd. He was talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, the Jewish leadership at this particular point. But it was almost like it was being done proxy between them. So some of the people of Jerusalem were saying, is this man not the one whom they are seeking to kill? And yet look, he is speaking publicly and they are saying nothing to him. The rulers do not really know that this is the Christ, do they? However, we know where this man is from but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. So what was the reasoning of the crowd? As far as Christ and the Jewish leadership. What, they, what were they thinking? Yeah, they're saying, you know, these guys were talking it up pretty big, you know, next time he's down here, we're going to get him, we're going to kill him, you know, you could, you could kind of see it, and every, the crowd's they going, they're, they're not doing anything. They're leaving. It. Yeah, there he is. He's up there. He's talking to everybody. He's healing people. How come they don't do anything? And I said, but when the real, though they know he's, he's who he is, and, but when the real Christ comes, you know, it'll be obvious, but nobody will know where he comes from. Do they really know where Christ came from? What were they I thinking? Think. He's thinking of his earthly earth place. Yeah, an earthly, earthly origin, okay? And even some of that they got wrong. When they say nothing good comes from Galilee. Well, he grew up in Galilee, but he wasn't born in Galilee. He was born in Bethlehem. So they didn't understand, nor did they try and find out, all the prophecy that was surrounding him that showed that he was the Christ. But they really didn't understand his origins where he came from. He came from heaven, down to be a little bit lower than the angels, so he could be a sacrifice for us. They had no clue to that. Go ahead. If they they really didn't
1: know who, if they really knew who he was, Why would they put him through this? Because they got if they really believe in God, they know they're going to have to answer to it.
0: The Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes had done a very good job of convincing all the people that it's a matter of what you do. It's not a matter of your heart. It's a matter of how well you keep the law and how well you keep the interpretation of the law and how you keep the interpretation and the interpretation of the law. And that was the thing that, that they liked to catch Christ up on a lot. For instance, when he was going through the field. And they gleaned some of the wheat. And they rubbed their hands and blew it and blew off the chaff. And then they ate the wheat seeds. Well, they said, you were working on the Sabbath. That was their interpretation and the interpretation of the law. That's not what the law was. So the people didn't have the truth. They had a lie. So even the disciples really didn't understand who he was. You can see after two and a half years that with James and John saying, should we bring fire down from heaven? They didn't understand at this particular point, it didn't really, it really didn't come to focus for them until the day of Pentecost when the Spirit entered into the disciples And at that point, they became the apostles and taught. So he's teaching, and after people say, okay, now I'm going to unravel this where you really understand it, would they say, now we understand who he really, really was. We understand way back to Abraham that promise, that promise that says, through your seed, all mankind will be blessed. But they lost sight of that. They really didn't see that as far as what was going on as far as Christ being here and how in the world could the Messiah, the Savior, the one that was going to bring Jewish back to prosperity was going to be some guy that came from Galilee. They didn't understand that. I did read this one, didn't I? Or did I? Then Jesus cried out from the temple, teaching, sa- teaching and saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who has sent me is true, whom you do not know. I do know him, because I am from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, and yet no one had laid a hand on him, because his hour has not yet come. But many of the crowd believed in him, And they were saying, when the Christ comes, he will not perform more signs than those which this man has done, will he? So, how does Jesus respond to the reasoning? I think he's exasperated at this particular point. Like I said, it's two and a half years into his ministry. He's got six months left. He basically responds to him, you don't, you know, you don't know God, is really what he's telling them. He's yeah. watched their response. He watches their motives, and he flat, flat out tells them that. He, he, says, says, he says, you don't know where I'm from, because you're really not trying to figure out where I'm from. And, and again, this is, the, this is the talking past each other. They're saying, where is he from? Galilee. He's saying, where am I from? Heaven, they're drawing entirely different pages when they're talking with each other. So who was seeking to arrest Jesus? This is not hard. Jewish leadership. OK? Those who, those who had the most to lose as far as power. So they sought to arrest him. Were they successful? No. We'll get to a little bit more of that in a minute. The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering these things about him, and the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Therefore Jesus said, For a little while longer I am going to be with you, And then I'm going to him who sent me. You will seek me and will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews then said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? He does not intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks, does he? What is this statement he has said? You will seek me and will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. So they're thinking... Temporal. Some place he's going to go where they can't go. Well, would it be the Greeks? Is he's, he going to go up and teach Romans? They hate the Romans.
1: Circumstances, the culture what he said is going to make some people mad. Yeah, they'll say,
0: wait a minute, you, you, you've come here, you heal, you teach, and you're going to go somewhere we can't go? So what initiated the Jewish leaders trying to arrest Jesus? Who he said, well, who, he's, who he's revealing it, who he is. He hasn't been plain about it. He said, he who sent me, I, I'm, I represent him. I don't represent myself. But he's kind of talking about a little bit abstract. So the reasoning on two different levels. One's reasoning on a temporal level, One's reasoning on a spiritual level. Jesus is on a spiritual level. They're on a temporal level. One's on the, one's on the uh, physical and one's on the eternal. So you've got two different, you've got a conversation going on where they aren't even on the same, they aren't even in the same book. Okay, they're just not communicating. He's telling them and they're thinking totally different. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he said in reference to the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So what is... If anyone is thirsty, a metaphor for. What's he saying? Plainly. If anyone is thirsty.
1: Same thing he told the lady at the well.
0: He said, I'm living water. But again, the one Clayton referred to, they they were not on the same page. She says, give me this water so I won't thirst again. He says, you don't understand. She wanted physical water. He was talking about spiritual water. So, what's the thirst? Thirst
1: for righteousness, and it's even your body thirst for eternity, because your body knows it's not going to last.
0: The thirst is, as Clayton said, the thirst is to be with God, to be rejoined with God. The thirst is if you don't have God, you want God. That's what you're thirsty for. It's not water, you're thirsty for redemption. Who will bring the rivers of living water, and where will the water come from? This is a little bit deeper Jesus, but it comes from the Spirit. It comes from the Spirit. How does it come from the Spirit?
1: sense that's what's going to transform you in the last day when he appears. It even shows a mechanism.
0: Where's the Spirit right now? Among us. Isn't the Spirit in us? What resurrected us from our death as Christians? Or who resurrected us from our death as Christians? Who resurrected Christ from where he was? The Spirit. The Spirit resurrects us. That living water that flows out of us is the Spirit in us. The justification for the Spirit in us is what? The sacrifice in the blood of Christ. Without that sacrifice, we never get the Spirit. Without the Spirit, we don't have the living waters. He's tying it all together. This is kind of the first allusion that I think that is written in here where he's talking about the Spirit. The Spirit comes after he's gone into glory. And he'll get into it in a lot more detail as he gets closer. But this is kind of the first time he alludes to it. Some of the people, therefore, after they heard these words, were saying, this truly is the prophets. Others were saying, This is the Christ, but others are saying, surely the Christ is not coming from Galilee, is he? Has the scripture not said that the Christ comes from the descendants of David and from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So a dissension occurred in the crowd because of him, and some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. That's where we're going to pick up next week.